Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to Will and Divi on 95.7 The Game. All right, Warriors tonight, Niners tomorrow. We're all over it right here on 95.7 The Game all day long. Brocker Flock, um, that's actually sort of the basis of uh, one of the things we're going to talk to our next guest about. I'm excited about this here. Uh, oh, me too. Yeah, Will and Dibs, we'll get back to your calls here in just a second. But looky here, uh, Jeff Hostetler joins the program. Hey, Jeff, great to have you on. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Yeah, we're doing great. So, like, you know, getting thrown in out of the backup quarterback position and then winning a Super Bowl. Easy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's almost like history is telling, and I, I, I'm, I'm sure you would have some thoughts or some insight on this. The fan base is looking at this going, look, we see a really good team. We see someone who's playing well at quarterback, but history is telling us this isn't allowed. You're not allowed to be a third-string quarterback and run through the playoffs. You're not allowed to be Mr. Irrelevant. You're not allowed to be a rookie and, and do all this. What, what, what do you say to that fan? Uh, well, actually, he's doing it, so uh, that stuff goes out the window. And um, you know, now he's uh, sitting there, just trying to do the same thing he's done the last what four or five games, and that's uh, do his job. Um, you know, he's uh, he's a pretty accurate thrower, and he's got a great demeanor uh, disposition for the for the position. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I think he knows that he's surrounded by a lot of talent. And uh, he knows that he just needs to get the ball into the guys' hands and allow them to make plays. And um, you know, this just isn't all about him. He's got he's got a lot of guys around him that have to do their job for them to be successful. Did you take that same approach in 1990 when you came in very late in the year and you had to come in and take the reins of a team that was great and a team that was destined for greatness? How hard was it for you to to step in and remind yourself that? It wasn't just about you, and you could let the, the people around you get it done. Well, I think you know we were a little different at that point. We were uh, started off the season on fire, but we lost. Uh, people don't realize we lost three of the previous four games before I started. So um, it was a situation where everybody had jumped and abandoned ship, and um, you know I was obviously the weak link, and but the team itself was on a downward spiral. And so, um, you know, for us uh, in our locker room, there was never any doubts that that we could turn things around, and there wasn't any doubts in 
in my abilities um, as far as uh, with my teammates. And that was that was the thing that I think that uh, struck all of us was, um, you know, we were just uh, waiting for an opportunity. And when the opportunity came, we were going to take advantage of it. We changed some things up offensively. We moved the ball around. And uh, two of the teams that we lost to uh, previously, um, we end up facing uh, – uh, in the playoffs, and and uh, we end up beating them. So um, we did some good things, but it's it's not a one man show, that's for sure. Jeff Hostetler with us here on ninety five seven The Game. Jeff, I wonder if you could really go into the memory banks um, and 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 share this with us because one interesting aspect of this game for Brock Purdy uh, is that he's facing a team for the second time the first time in his career. He's never done that. Therefore, they've got, right, they've got some experience, a book, if you will, on Brock. Can you remember the first time you played someone for the second time, and and, and was that more difficult? No, I, I don't think I don't think playing somebody for the second time is any more difficult. Um, you know, when you're in that league, uh, uh, coaches, uh, they, they game plan you. They know your weaknesses, and, and uh, as a quarterback, Nobody knows your weaknesses better than you if you're any good. And uh, so you know the things you need to work on. You know the things that, that they're going to attack you with. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a preparation thing. Um, you know, you, you prepare. Your coaches put you in a good position to, to be successful if they're any good. And, um, you know, you're surrounded by teammates that all have to do their job. So the fact that they're playing the second time around, nah, I, I, I don't see any – uh, any advantage, disadvantage? I mean, you know, as a player, you get to uh, also bank that kind of stuff so that you know um, who you're facing, what guys gave you some difficulty, how they disguise things. Uh, so there's advantages both ways. Haas, take me back to that game in 1991 the, when you played the oh, 49ers for oh. a second time. Oh. Because, Mark, you led me to it. You oh. talked about playing a team for the second time. You lose the first game to the Niners 7-3. Then you win a field goal battle in the NFC playoffs. What was that game like, that slugfest, when you were trying to get to the Super Bowl? Again, that was um, you know back, back at that season – uh, we had to prepare as if we were going to the Super Bowl because there wasn't an extra week in between. So uh, we beat Chicago um, the uh, the week before, and we all packed up uh, for two weeks preparing to go from San Francisco right to the Super Bowl. And uh, the fact that we had played them before, we played them tough, um, but we didn't come out with the, the win. We knew, uh, you know, we knew we could stay with them. We knew we could play. Uh, the game with them, we knew we could beat them. And so uh, our goal, was, again, was just to go out and and uh, each of us play our game. And, um, yeah, it was a slugfest. We were trying to prevent them from a three-peat, and uh, um, you know, we came out on the right end of that. Uh, this feels like sort of a, uh, a a weak subject to bring up, but because you're a quarterback, I, I wonder your perspective. Like, we're bracing ourselves for a hell of a storm. Uh, it's been going on for two weeks here in the Bay Area already, but, like, the weather is supposed to be really bad uh, tomorrow. How does that affect a quarterback, Jeff? <laughs> well, uh, i tell you what. I, um, as a quarterback, you love to see a, a dry ball, great weather, no wind, no rain. Um but lots of times that isn't the case, and so uh, I, I'm sure offensively they'll they'll adjust to those things. Um, you know, you you, uh, you wait till game time, you see you know what kind of conditions there are, and um, the big thing in those kind of games is you want to protect the football, and so uh, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be trying to do that. Uh, you know, maybe it's a little shorter passing game. Maybe it's, you know, the combination of uh, pounding a little bit more. Um, but both sides of the ball have to do the same thing. Do you get the sense that the offense has the edge in a sloppy field situation because the old cliche is, well, they know where they're going and the defense doesn't? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, to be honest with you, I feel like it's just the opposite. I think the defense has a little advantage of it because it's just much more difficult to, to get the ball where you want it to go um, if the weather is really bad. So, um, you know, you, you look at that, you don't know who has the advantage um, you just know that you're all playing in the same weather, and uh, it's the team that that uh, is going to get it done no matter what. It's going to come out on top. So, yeah, I, I'm sure quarterbacks um, these these guys would rather be playing in uh, inside or in in great weather, but um, they'll make do. Jeff, what's the process like of getting thrown into action and sort of gathering the confidence of your teammates? What, what what was that like for you? What do you think it was like for Brock? So, you know, for me, um, I waited six and a half years. So Brock was probably back in high school, uh, maybe junior <laughs> high almost. Uh, <laughs> so before I had an opportunity to play. And so, um, you know, he, he came out of, a, uh, out of college, uh, had the, went through um, preseason, and then had the opportunity later on in, and guys got to see and, and get a little comfortable with what he could and, and, and uh, could do and, and felt good with, um, you know, what they had there. For me, it was six and a half years waiting, and uh, for six and a half years, I tried everything. Heck, I, I, uh, I blocked a punt, ran the ball, and caught a pass before I ever threw one. So wow. I, uh, I did everything I could to get out onto the field, but the one thing I do know is the support of your, your defensive guys is amazing. Um, my defensive guys, I faced them all the time in practice. They knew that I could get the job done. And, um, you know, I'm sure those defensive guys out there, they got a great defense. And, uh, you know, they've got a lot of confidence uh, in this young guy. And, and he showed he can get the job done. So, um, you know, it's one of those ones, again, just uh, Parcells used to have this model about uh, playing within yourself, you know, and I, I never really fully understood what that meant. But um, it basically comes down to, hey, you, know, you do you. And, um, you know, everybody else has to, has to do their job. You do you and do your job. Things will work out. Talk about that for just a minute, playing up in scout team action against Lawrence Taylor and Carl Banks and Leonard Marshall. When you actually finally get on the field against, by the way, a Super Bowl team in the Buffalo Bills, did it feel very natural knowing that you've already faced the best of the best? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, when, you, when you look at it um, and you think, you know, who am I competing with? Uh, well, heck, I, I could turn around and say every day I competed with, against the best. And so uh, on a confidence level, you know, that's what you got to hang your hat on. When you can't get out onto the field, um, you got to hang your hat on, on what you've done in the past and who you're competing with week in and week out. And so um, for me, it was, it was knowing that I could compete uh, against the best. And, um, you know, the fact that those guys rally around and, and express their confidence in me, uh, you know, that, that helps. So, um, you know, it's one of those uh, great opportunities that, that come along very, very um, infrequent. Um, history is not very kind to quarterbacks in that situation, and um, I'm blessed to have uh, turned the tides on that. And, you know, Brock's on his way to, to doing some, some great things. He just 
take them one at a time and, um, you know, allow guys to, again, make their plays. Jeff, thanks for coming on. It's fun to talk to you. It made that 15-13 to 13 loss like a half of a percent better. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I bet it did. Yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks, Austin. <laughs> Thank very much. All right. Thanks. There he goes. Jeff Hostetler right here on uh, on Willard and Dibs. And they didn't score a touchdown against yeah. the 49ers in eight quarters. And they kicked six field yeah. goals. Then, the Niners outscored them, Mark, 20-18 to 18 over eight quarters of football. And I know we all want to talk about a Roger Craig fumble. That, to me, is unfair. It's not like the Niners beat him 41-3 to three the first time. The Niners beat him 7-3 to three yep. in the first matchup. And in the second matchup, the only touchdown was a John Taylor big play from a guy named Joe Montana. These two teams were a couple of defensive monsters. It was all about the kickers for that team that year. They never scored a touchdown against the 49ers, and then they went into the Super Bowl and, uh, and won because someone else uh, missed a field goal. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that was, uh, that was the definition. And so it's kind of funny actually to sit here and talk to Jeff Hostetler. Like, yeah, he ran his team to the Super Bowl. Did he throw any, I forget the stats I came up with yesterday. Did he throw any touchdown passes in those playoffs at all? Yeah, yeah he, he had, threw three. Yeah. He oh, did. He had and, th- yeah, he had one three? to Steven Baker in the Super Bowl. He took a safety. Uh, they go down 12 3. Did he run out the back of the end zone? He probably got crunched oh, okay, by uh, Bruce Smith or Daryl Talley. <laughs> if you look at the rosters of the Bills. And the Giants in that Super Bowl, and even the Niners, and the the defense they had. Oh gosh, those are some crazy defenses. Seriously, which is why I wanted to ask him about the scout team because Brock Purdy and the way he's come out and played so well. Think about what he's gone up against in practice yep. as the scout team quarterback. It's very similar. Although I wonder about that. I mean, it goes to the the, the the D'Amico Ryan's comment that we played yesterday, which is that, you know, and maybe it calms you down or maybe it's a bunch of BS. I'm not sure which, but he, he insinuates for sure that the Niner defense the last three weeks maybe hasn't looked quite its best because as soon as they clinched the division against Seattle, they maybe lost a little bit of their juice, lost a little bit of their motivation and fire because what was really on the line, the two seed, the three seed, the one seed, they're confident that they can win in any of those and out of any of those positions. So, it, it, you know, it, it, it kind of it, it puts it in that direction, like, hey, the defense is now going to, uh, to, to suddenly rally back. So think about the point you're making. We hear that, oh, Brock Purdy goes up against this team. Well, not really. They don't even hit you. Like I mean, like they're playing in practice. Right. They're playing right. hard, but I I don't know. If I were a quarterback, I would not consider it. Oh, I actually went against this defense. If that defense is not even allowed to touch you. Yes, but you <laughs> are going up against them in terms of the coverage sure, and sure. you know the pass rush that you're going to see. While they're not going to hit you, you're still going to throw under some sort of duress, and you're going to go against the coverage, especially the back seven. You know the two linebackers and the five in the secondary. If you're running against the nickel package and the like. So I do think that you can tell by the way the defense responded when Brock Purdy came out and played that first post game where all the defensive players are like Big Chalk Brock, we saw you at the chalkboard, Brock. Yep. We love you. Yep. He definitely <laughs> earned some respect on the practice field from this defense. No doubt. And then got whatever respect he you know didn't have or any questions marks about it with the way he walked into a 7-3 deficit against Miami and played. 
And uh, and he, and he, I mean, he's been fantastic. He's not, you know, there's been moments where it's like, ooh, that's a little wobbly. Oh, that was interception that was dropped. But man, the decision making, the lack of fear, uh, the preparation, the command of everybody on the field, the plan that looks like it's being executed. I, I just, I don't know what else can be said about what uh, what Brock Purdy has done, which is why when we have the conversation about Brock or Flock, like these six games and why the 49ers are averaging over 33 points a game, uh, who gets the credit? Is it Brock or is it the whole Flock? And sure, we split it into a pie a little bit because it's both. There's no way you can give it all to one side of that. Um, but... It, it's been different. It's it's obviously been different. The second he came in, and in our wildest dreams, when he walked out there in Miami or against Miami, there's no way anybody could have thought that it was going to look like this. Right, and even if you want to go further back to July, when or whenever the date was that Nate Sudfeld got signed to a two million dollar guaranteed deal to be. Uh, Trey Lance's backup is what it was at the time. So your quarterback depth chart, if you want to go back to, I don't even know, June whenever he signed, it was Lance, Sudfeld, maybe Brock Purdy if he could stick. Jimmy Garoppolo was an afterthought. And then by the time camp breaks, Sudfeld is gone. Brock Purdy beat him out. Wow, that's a condemnation on Nate Sudfeld. The guy's a veteran, and yet you got beat out by Mr. Irrelevant. What a joke. God hope that this guy never sees the field because we're in trouble if you got to go to Brock Purdy. (laughs) You go Lance Garoppolo Purdy, and now here we are in January, and it's Purdy and Josh Johnson is your QB depth chart? It's it's crazy. I don't even know who your third QB would be right now. Is it uh, Uh, Deuce Debo. I I don't know. Wildcat Debo? I don't know. Deuce you do all kinds of stuff. Trent That's... Williams and just run it straight up the gut <laughs> with the big fella? That'd be amazing. I'd pay to see that. Just uh, a QB sneak every time. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah just Kyle. Put Kyle Shanahan in. Like, yeah. He knows where he wants right. to put the ball. Just, he he throws the ball. Yeah. Put Pete Carroll in. He loves to throw the ball all over the field. In Kyle, uh, not I in trust. this game. Is yeah, it Kyle Juszczyk, though, Kyle? Yeah, that's the emergency. Yeah, yeah. Emergency, yeah, the emergency QB. Third, yeah. I think yeah. that's right. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. So who who knows? Who knows? What I know, you know. Hopefully, we don't obviously end up seeing that. But I remember when Purdy's name would come up at the beginning of the year because of the Jimmy dynamic, and it was all. It was like, should a should Purdy be the backup? And then it was when Trey gets hurt and Jimmy goes in. Remember, has the horrible game against Denver, and Purdy's name would get thrown around, but. Invariably, that conversation would always end this way. People would go, look, if this conversation gets to that, well, then the season's over. Over. So what? why are we even having that conversation? I think like, I asked you back in August, over, under, Purdy starts, and I put it at a half. Under. You, you took the under. Of course. I only put the line at a half thinking that, oh, well, I mean, Trey Lance, and they're going to be so humming that maybe you give them a start in week 18 because you've already <laughs> clinched and you want to throw the rook a bone. Little did we know he would start five games, he would win five games, And he's your playoff starter, for God's sake. So let me take that point and now reapply it to tomorrow's game and your assessment that that if the 49ers lose it, this is some sort of massive whack to the knees of Kyle Shanahan, like... Sure, that's bad. Like you don't, not like, a massive whack. Well, you never you, listen. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but but don't you it, do it. Don't, don't sh- tell me to calm down either. <laughs> I might. Yeah, I yeah, might. You can well, if you get hot. But anyway, by the way, just real quick yeah. before you uh, yeah. drive your point home, let me come at you with this. 
since the Seahawks won in 2010 as a double-digit underdog. You remember they were home, the Beastquake game. They were 10-point dogs oh, against, against New the, Orleans. Against New Orleans. They won it outright. Since then, double-digit underdogs are 1-12 straight up okay. in the postseason. Gosh, so there's 13 double-digit underdogs in a span of about 13 years. Going into this so you year. You usually only get one of them per year. And right, we have two this weekend. Well, technically. So I think up to the minute. Buffalo, Miami think, is a double-digit. I think there's only one. because oh, I think the Niners aren't. I think the Niners have, are, are at uh, at 9.5. Oh, actually down to 9, according to ESPN. Yeah, both numbers went flying down. I've got it at 9.5. Uh, on uh, on betonline.ag uh, and then this is interesting. Remember we talked about my my all playoff parlay and I had the Ravens plus ten. No, you don't. It's dropped. All, well, yeah, I do because I you, you I, got played, it. I got it at <laughs> plus ten. Nice. It is dropped to plus eight and a half. Oh, I see it at nine on ESPN. But why? What happened? The only thing that happened in that game yesterday is Lamar Jackson came out and was like, "I firmly am not playing in this game." Yeah, he he tweeted about his PCL and the knee is still not stable. And damn it, I wish it could be out there with my team, but I'm not. And. And and so here we are, and the number fell a point and a half. What happened? Well, I don't want to go all Natalie Merchant on you and talk about the weather, but uh, the forecast is for cold, very cold in, in Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati yeah. okay. So maybe weather factors have led that to to be a little bit of an under. And the and I know we'll talk to Nick Costos from uh, You Better You Bet and the Odyssey BetQL Network. The Niner over-under is coming down as well, down to 42 because of weather concerns. Because of weather, yes. sure, sure. All right, I want to say this out loud to you since you brought that game up. Well, you can't just think it. This, I, I mean, no, I'm going to say, yeah, say it out loud. Say it. I already said it to myself, so I don't need to say it again. In the there. mirror? Right, yeah. No, just even just now. Because like I script it was in my me. first 15 jokes every morning. <laughs> You know, I, I do a lot of mirror work. <laughs> Brush the teeth. I got a couple of zingers for Mark. Boy, wait a minute. Amazing. Yeah. Script my first 15 plays. Got to. Uh, yeah, well, there's some hosts that script uh, <clears throat> all their plays. But anyway. Rock that guy. <laughs> thank you. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I just want to say, and this is going to sound like a hedge. It's not a hedge. Because I'm not, I'm not calling it out right. Thank you. <laughs> I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a something going on in here in the gut about this Ravens Bengals game. I got something. Now maybe I just need a donut. I don't know. Next Friday. (sighs) Something in your gut saying Ravens outright. Do not. I am not going to be surprised one bit. First of all, I will call close game fourth quarter. And give me the kicker, by the way, that I rely on more in that game. McPherson? No, Tucker. No, you're right. Give McPherson's me good, though. He's good, but he has weird games where he's not. He's had a few games where it's like, dude, he's just missing everything. Fantasy gotta... trash this year. Right, exactly. Like, he can be a good kicker, but he's been wobbly. Give me Tucker. Justin for Tucker, sure. the source of the biggest one up in uh, in the history of 95-7 the game. Wait, tell me the story. I, I was on with Jim Cozumore okay. during the pandemic, and I was talking about Justin Tucker. <laughs> And how, uh, you know, he's a noted opera singer. And before I can even get through the line, Cosmore goes, oh, he's also a rapper. It's like, Coz, I, I, was, just, I was just talking about it. He completely just... <laughs> say it. Say, I'm uh, sorry, sir. Cosmore, dude, the one-up yeah. and shit was so unbelievable. you just shut your yap. Well, I had to shut my yap. Right? Now, and that got so controversial, he had to leave town. Shout out so, Tennessee. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's what happened there. Anyway, I think it's going to be a very close game. And you will color me not shocked at all 
Baltimore Ravens. Someone, someone is getting upset this weekend that no one sees coming. That like this is not, this is not rock chalk Jayhawk. Okay, we're not doing that in these NFL playoffs with the weather, with the you know, gosh, the offensive line of the Cincinnati Bengals to me a problem. I also think there's. Do you believe in karma at all? No. I'm not really big into it either, but there's something about the Bengals and the way they they ended up because they went from Monday with the DeMar Hamlin thing and by Saturday they were Captain Weiner about the whole thing. And a coin flip and the, eh, even though they got gifted the division. Yeah. I thought they came out of that looking horrible. Not looking horrible, but I did. looking I, less great than they did in the moment when Zach Taylor was credited for canceling the game. Yeah, all of all NFL teams, I thought they, like obviously most of them didn't have a thing to say at all, but of everything that happened that week, I thought the Bengals looked the worst, and so maybe this is just me kind of throwing my, my emotions at them, maybe. but uh, they're going down. They're going down at some point. Not the, this weekend, though. You're well, not, they're definitely not, they're not going to Buffalo and winning the following week, in my opinion. I the mean, Bengals, if, if you're neutral America, if you're out there without a dog in this fight, <laughs> have you ever been a bigger Buffalo Bills fan in terms of who you want right. to win the Super Bowl? If right. you have no dog in the hunt, if you're not a part of the 14-team NFL playoffs, or if you're just a casual fan, you want Buffalo to win the whole damn thing. Not only because DeMar Hamlin, but also the fact that they've been the lovable losers now for damn near 35 years since they lost four in a row? I do think the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. I do think the 49ers and the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. This is where I think it's a Chiefs-Niners rematch. Kansas City's going to beat Buffalo in Atlanta. Yeah, I don't think so. Niners win in Philadelphia. You know my take. The (laughs) The Chiefs' defense is going to bite them in these playoffs. They'll be lucky to get to that game against Buffalo. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. That's we'll big see. talker, Betty Crocker. Yeah, damn right it now, is. Bet the over Bills Chiefs, by the way. You can't yeah, set that number high right. enough. Right. That's, a, that's, Georgia, that's Georgia versus uh, uh, Ohio State. Uh, Seriously. You, yeah, for sure. Too. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Yeah, and it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Good point. Thank you. Road to Glendale begins now, brought to you by Merrill West Credit Union, working for you today, tomorrow, together. How about the 957thegameshop.com play on your end? Relevant t-shirts, DPOY shirts, and merch from all our shows. Get all ready to go at 957thegameshop.com. Your call's next. Brock or Flock? 888-957-9570 is the number. This is Willard and Dibs. This is James Wiseman, and now back to Willard and Dibs. All right, Kyle just jumped in here. He's trying to steal my show. Well, no, it was actually a building block on what you brought up. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on in, Kyle. So, <laughs> my tune has changed. <laughs> you Dad, made that he comment. breakfast burritos today, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, great. He's great, got mad love. Great job, Kyle. I said no because I just ate the burrito that I brought for lunch. I'm like, we can't do two burritos by 1030 in the morning. That's even a lot for me. Two burritos inside, inside. my ah! stomach. Yeah. Is too much. Two I, in, two out is yeah. the way that goes, too. I can do two burritos in a day, not two by 10.30. Okay. That's, that's a lot for me. Thank you. Totally. So, uh, you brought up that thing that won the record of teams that are a double-digit underdog in the playoffs. What was it, since 2010? They're 1-12? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he comes in here and goes, so, hot shot. <laughs> yeah, I say that. Do you know... What the one game was where the double-digit underdog won the game. Normally now, you wait for the cue, but I like it. Now, with you looking at that st- uh, those stats, do you know what the game was? No, I closed that window. Okay, so I can neither of us know. I sat here, and I tried to think about it. Last 13 years, a double-digit underdog that won a playoff game. And my mind is scrambled. Like, the first game I guessed, I go, I think this was pre-2010. But I- I'm like... Dirty Birds, Jamal Anderson, Falcons over the Vikings. That was pre-2010. Um, Tom Brady was a big underdog against the Chiefs, but it wasn't double digits. And he wins the Super Bowl. I can't think of it. You got any guesses? I got no guess, Mark. You got nothing? I got nothing, Mark. Um, what about something that involved uh, Mark Sanchez and the Jets? No. No? Negative. I'm out. I got no Clue. Hang on. I'm just going team by team and trying to think of somebody, something, somewhere. Nope. I don't have it. Nope. What was it? So my first guess was Bengals Chiefs last year, but no, the Bengals were seven-point dogs in that AFC title game. Okay. But then I thought, the Tennessee Titans stink, and they've won some playoff games. So I checked. It was the 2019 playoffs. Titans at the number one seed, Baltimore Ravens, and they beat them 28 to 12 as 10 point dogs. Are you ready for this? <laughs> I have zero recollection right. of that game whatsoever. That, I feel that like was the night the Niners beat the uh, Vikings. The Titans should be in the AFC North because to me it's just all the same thing. I even joked. That when we go to Vegas for the uh, for the Raiders 49ers game a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Sunday night game was the Steelers and the Ravens, right? And I'm no joke now. I said to Christy, she's like, you know, like, well, what's the spread? Whatever. I go, it doesn't matter what the spread is on this game. 
I go, the final score is going to be 16 to 13. I just can't tell you which one of them is going to win. <laughs> right. I have no clue who's going to win, but the final score is going to be 16 to 13 because it always is. That's what the AFC North does. They get together, someone scores 16, the other team scores 13, and then they go home. Final score, 16-13. to 13. Steelers upset the Ravens, I think. Did I have that right? Did the Steelers win that? Whatever. It was 16-13. to 16-13. So the Titans, for me, kind of fit in that bucket. They're, they're like an AFC North team. And those teams get together and beat each other up. And I have no idea week to week what the spread is, why it matters, who should be favored, who's actually better. Yeah. It might be why I feel the way I do about this Ravens-Bengals game. I'm like, this is that division spits out weird defensive struggle field goal battles. And I know that Cincinnati is the, uh, the more dynamic team by far. I know the Ravens are starting QB3. But especially if you tell me there's weather in Cincinnati, which could sort of bring down the whole Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins action, that game's going to be tight. That yeah. game's going to be tight. I would think so if it or were... Or it could be 35 to nothing. I could be wrong. Lamar Jackson, <laughs> yes. I'm not... With Baltimore in the spot that they're in, and you know Cincinnati is playing with a chip on its shoulder, and Cincinnati, since week four, has been one of the best teams in the National Football League. No doubt. They had Buffalo by the short hairs in the game that now never actually existed. I think that in a normal circumstance, Mark, I would lean your way, and I would agree with you, but I look at Cincinnati... And Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Kansas City might be the three best teams in football. Apologies to the Niners and the Philadelphia Eagles. Cincinnati, though, is right there on par with Buffalo in Kansas City. Baltimore with a a third-string quarterback, you've got no shot in this ballgame. I'm... I'm not a fan of your of your Baltimore we're, plus nine. We're off on, quaint little Baltimore plus nine. We're off on a major tangent, but let me throw something at you. Throw okay? it. Okay, let me throw something at you, especially with the idea of weather coming into play. I will reject your idea that the Cincinnati Bengals might be the third best team in the NFL. I flatly and clearly believe they're fifth. I definitely think the Eagles, I know the 49ers are better than the Cincinnati Bengals. But if you're going to look into some numbers, what do we say when there's weather games? Who's got the edge? Run game, right? You're going to want to run the ball. All right. These two teams just played each other last week. Cincinnati more motivated than Buffalo, by the way. Who threw for more yards? Cincinnati or Baltimore? Well, Baltimore was down the whole game, so probably Baltimore. Okay. I mean... They were down 24-7 at the half. Okay, so... They had to throw more. Toss that aside, but Anthony Brown, who... can't toss that aside. Well, no, he threw for almost 300 yards. Threw for 286 yards in this game. 19 of 44. I'm not calling him great. I'm just... Is he serviceable... Can you stay in a football game? Oh, he stinks. Here's the bigger number. The Bengals rushed for 2.8 yards per carry in that game. The Ravens rushed for 4.1. If I'm going to look at styles make fights, if I'm going to bring weather in, give me the team with the offensive line. And that's Baltimore. Cincinnati's offensive line is a problem. It was a problem last year. I still, for the life of me, have no idea how they beat Tennessee in the divisional round when Joe Burrow got sacked eight or nine times. I have no clue how they won that football game and ended up in the Super Bowl. They're very good, Dibs. They're very good. But they are not Buffalo. They are not Kansas City. They are not San Francisco. They're not Philadelphia because the offensive line is the heartbeat of a football team. And theirs is weak. 
And I think that that is the reason I would put them as the five seed, and it's the reason I'm scared about them this weekend. They've won eight in a row. Yes, they're so, good. They're, they're, they're good. And you're they're trying very to good. talk your way into, no, was, into a comfortability I talked to with spin. this uh, Baltimore plus nah, this nine was bet. three days ago. No, I, I get it, yeah. Mark. I'm just, and I don't, I don't understand from whence this is coming. And you, you talk about the passing yards of one Anthony Brown, 19 of 44. He was terrible. A QBR of 6.1. That He had two interceptions. He was not very good. No, Cincinnati he got up early, and they basically put that game into second gear. So if you want to... Mm, I watched that game. They did not. They were 24-7. Oh, to 7. Right, and then were hanging on for dear life in the fourth quarter because... A game was never a one-score game. Uh, au contraire, Mofer. It got to within 27-16. That's as close as Baltimore got. Uh, it was a one-score game when it kicked off, and it was 0-0. You're right. You're right. Exactly. My fault. Take that. My fault. My fault. Yeah. Um, no, the game wasn't listen, as close as the score listen, indicated. Listen, I think and Baltimore's got a third-string quarterback if, who's not very if good. If you want to know what I... Truly? you want to know what I actually think about this football game is that, A, like, I'm in a playoff confidence pool. I have Cincinnati winning, but I put them low. Is it just winners? Just winners. I think they're going to win. I think it's going to be tight. Is that your lowest game on your confidence pool? No, I think I put... uh, Tampa over Dallas. Jacksonville. I took Jacksonville. I don't want anything to do with that game. How about Tampa-Dallas? Tampa. Those are both below Cincinnati, though, on the confidence meter, I would expect. Uh, Yes. I think it was two... Three and I put Cincinnati at five. And your most confident Buffalo. is Buffalo, followed by the Niners. Right, but I would not. So there are thirteen games. This is something I want everybody to think about. Now there are thirteen playoff games. So when you do a confidence playoff pool, you can at least the one we do. You can use any number you want. You just can't use it again. Ah, uh, one through thirteen. You gotta fill out one through thirteen. Gotcha. I think what everyone's going to do is Buffalo at thirteen and Forty ers at twelve. Ah ah ah. This is where I do believe in karma. Don't you dare put the 49ers at 12. That's the Seahawks' nickname. I want nothing to do ah, look at you. with the number 12 and this football game. So The mysticism's getting to you. Luckily, huh? 11. My favorite number is 10. You can use either one of those. Keep the Niners out your mouth yeah. and out the number 12 because that's just bad juju. So you would use your high-confidence number, obviously, this weekend because if we look ahead to next weekend... I don't know if there will be a double-digit favorite no, you, in any of those games, you, no matter what your matchup is going to yeah, be. Yeah, you got to get aggressive early, obviously, because in theory the, the matchups get harder next. Although, I mean, there are some matchups that like... I mean, even if the Giants go to Philadelphia, that's a game. That's but a division battle. it's not a double-digit spread. No, no, no. I don't think it's a double-digit spread, but you're looking for games where you're like, I'm comfortable with who's, who's going to win here. There are scenarios. I mean, let's take the 49ers. Let's say they get through this thing, right? They, 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 they handle Seattle, no problem. Well, who are the opponents next? It's either Minnesota, Tampa, or Dallas. Now, if it's Dallas, just because it's Dallas, and they're, you know they, at, at certain points of this season, they looked like the third-best team in the NFC, you'd look at that and go, okay, I want to half-step how confident I am. But And they'd be if, coming off a road win. But if the 49ers are playing Minnesota or Tampa, they crush those teams. Like, I would have full confidence. we put that at 12. Both of those would be about seven-point spreads. Again, neither one of them would be double digits. No, 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 no. Double digits The only one done. that might be double, double digits, digits would be Kansas City going up against Miami. If Miami beats Buffalo right, 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 and Miami right. goes to Kansas City with a, with Skyler Thompson, if they somehow beat Buffalo, <laughs> 
But might, even that, I don't Bridgewater. even know if it would be a 10-point Bridgewater might be back. Tua might be back. I have no Tua. idea. Yeah. You got no idea what happens um, if, uh, if Miami somehow moves on. That would be wild. That would be wild. Yeah. Skylar Thompson does not look ready for uh, this smoke. If you will, who looks best of the of the backup backup quarterbacks? Anthony Brown Brock or Skyler Purdy. Thompson? I'm, I'm taking Brock Purdy out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who looks better? I, you know what? I mean, I, I just think um, I'll take Anthony Brown because of continuity. Like, how many starts in a row will he have? Is this his third or fourth start in a row? This will be his third start in a row. Okay, and. Um, it, well, no, actually, no, no, I, I no, guess I'm wrong no, on no. that. I'm, I'm wrong on that. It's his second game all year. He played on December 11th so against Huntley, Pittsburgh. So Huntley came back in? Yeah. Yeah, okay. He got his one start, and he went 19 of 44. Right. With a quarterback rating of 46. No, look, Baltimore, right, they, he looks a lot like Huntley did to me. They look the same. But Skyler Thompson, I, I still take Anthony Brown because Skyler, I think... And I'm just doing this from memory also. It feels like he's turned the ball over a lot more. I know Anthony threw two picks last week. But uh, Skyler Thompson plus uh, Skyler to me is going against a better team. He's going against Buffalo. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah. so, But no, neither of them are in good spot. They're both big dogs for a damn reason. Um, absolutely. All right. 888-957-9570. We've been talking about Brock or Flock. What percentage do you give of the 49ers' recent play to Brock Purdy? versus how much you give to just the entire roster. This conversation really got started for me at the very, very beginning of this week when uh, Steiny made the comment that the 49ers are the only team in the NFL. They're basically signaling they're the only team who can say quarterback is not our most important player. And as I was driving around, I'm like, I do not agree with that at all. And actually, I sort of feel like I can prove this. I get the point that Christian McCaffrey is a big old deal, and so are a bunch of other people, from Trent Williams to Nick Bosa and beyond, even if you want to bring up the coach. But if I asked any of you, if honestly, if I asked any of you, and you got to include who would come in to fill in, if there, there's one player who you could protect from injury in these playoffs, who would it be? And, and, and uh, to me, Brock Purdy. Yeah, not me. Really? Not me, yeah. Who would it be? Uh, probably, if I had to go ahead of Brock Purdy, Trent Williams would be probably first and foremost if I had to protect him. Daniel Brunskill's been incredible. He's played all five spots on the O-line, and he comes in at left tackle. But if Trent Williams is not in there, it changes everything about what Kyle Shanahan does in that laminated play sheet. If you don't have Trent Williams, but you have Brock Purdy, you change the way you call the game based on not having Trent Williams. I, there are a bunch of guys who change the game. Nick Bosa changes the game. I think Debo changes the, the, the way you call plays. Hell, Christian McCaffrey and Eli Mitchell, if they're both available, changes the play calling. I'd put Trent, McCaffrey ahead of Brock Purdy. Trent, Trent Williams missed three games earlier this year. The Niners went 2-1. and one. How was the offense, though? I mean, they scored 24 against the Rams and 37 against the Panthers. Right. I mean, bad teams. Sure. Although the Rams weren't that bad then. They weren't that bad then. They the, were that bad. We just didn't know four. how bad. No, they were like Cooper Cup was playing. You can't Matt stop Cooper Coop. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Stafford like, was still healthy, to your point. I you just think you're not wrong. Like, Bosa changes the pass rush in a major way. Trent Williams changes the protection in a major way. 
But I think you can function. Of course, you, you can know, function. In, in, you're not going to play with just ten guys. No, but you're, like you can function in a way that you I'd can't. I'd rather play with ten guys. Yeah, and get penalized up and down the field. My man, I watched Hoosiers was on at bedtime oh, the other so night. Good. I'm just like, oh, this is going to rock me to sleep. And there was Gene Hackman with four players on the floor. My team's on the floor. Hey, coach, you need one more. I said my team's on the floor. We're going with four. Yeah, uh, beautiful. But no, you're that not. That gonna... movie used to be among my all time favorites. Why well, used to be? Because it's got the single worst romantic love scene in movie history. You just go to the restroom oh, when he kisses her. You just go to the restroom. The Gene Hackman Barbara Hershey makeout session. It's, it's a I mean, did we need that in the story? Oh, well, I love it. We're going to run know. the picket fence. Great. <laughs> You know, in the whole shooter with his alcohol Who problem. Who doesn't want to and- make out with somebody who runs the picket fence? Oh, my I God. I wanted to go dude. kiss the man. Come on. Picket fence. I mean, I'm sorry, but Jimmy Chitwood, I think it's about time I started playing basketball. Great. <laughs> By the way, Jimmy Chitwood shoots 97% in that movie. Yeah, he, he missed does. one shot. He missed one shot, and it was only to build the drama. And by the way, how many years ago was Hoosiers? Why is everybody doing that little left foot jump shot thing? What is that thing where you kick your right leg out and do like a, I mean, like the, the way that, I'm like, basketball was never played like that. What is this, 1802? <laughs> what are you doing? It was set in the 50s before we had jump. Did, Maybe they, 1986. Shoot, did they shoot the ball like that? Absolutely. In the 50s? Yeah, you kicked out your leg. No, but I know the guys in the NBA kick out their legs. But Shout that's out not, Draymond. They're not kicking out their legs to draw a foul. They're doing like a little bunny hop when they're shooting the ball. You did that? They, but people did that in the 50s? You were here. What was it like, Dibs? Oh, boy, the old peach basket <laughs> era. No, you had to do that for extra oomph. Because you couldn't, what? You couldn't like, jump in those Chuck Taylors. Like every, you might rip up your ankle. Every you shot would get blocked. I'm like, what, are you, what is this? What am I looking at right here? That's not how they shot the ball. It's how we all shot Come it. Come on. Come on. Anyway. I should show you a picture of my dad playing basketball at College of Marin. He's shooting like elbows out a set shot with the ball below his nose. Well, I did the, I did the chest shove, but you know, I, when I was eight. Like it didn't he have was the in strength. junior college. All right. <laughs> That's how we shot in the 50s. You shoot from the chest until you're strong enough to shoot from the forehead. Or or you're Sean Marion. And you just make something else up. But anyway, um, I digress. Yeah, you're not going to play with 10. That's not my point. Right. You're not functioning with Josh Johnson, a quarterback, in my opinion, the way you would function with Dan Brunskill at left tackle. Interesting question. Hopefully we don't have to find out. But Amen. I think that if you had Josh Johnson, if Brock Purdy's unable to go, but you've got everyone else, I would feel more confident than if I had Brock Purdy and I didn't have Trent Williams at left tackle. Um, I, I hear you. I just and again, we we talked to uh, we talked to an odds maker earlier this week who said absolutely the the line movement would be the most if it were Brock Purdy who were out. And and I'm I'm still going to be stuck on what I think sort of overwhelms all the intricacies of the point. We talked about the other team turning it over in the red zone and all of these things. The bottom line is when Jimmy Garoppolo was quarterbacking this team, they averaged 23 a game. Brock Purdy has come in, and since then they're averaging 33 a game. It's pretty damning evidence that. Uh, and, and again, I don't mean it to be damning. Like no, not, you said damning, and it's your guy well, too. It, 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 I, I can't mean, believe you turn on Jimmy like uh-huh. that. No, Brock's better. Brock's better. Man, Mark. He's not? You're Captain Save a Jimmy G. Not anymore. Filmo Mike. You done turned on Jimmy G. Not anymore. That's right. Brandon Belt's gone. So's Jimmy G. Brandon Belt? (laughs) 
It's crazy. Mm, it is. <laughs> yep. The key to the film of Mike is a... He can't yeah. even get it out. By the way, so, so okay, quick. It's been bread and built. You know what I'm saying? That's all, folks. Porky Pig. Seriously. Captain same with Jimmy G. Yeah. Listen, hey, Brandon Belt. I love that man. Thir- thir- 30 seconds on this, because by the way, you know what Farhan did yesterday? Another trade? Nope. He talked. Oh, he talked. Not in public. Yeah. Talked to all the beat writers. In front of the beat writers? I don't know if they were face-to-face well, or on No, it's phone an important or... distinction. I don't know. I don't know. I just know that he talked to them. They all have quotes. I'll he... put your questions in the comments. <laughs> Come on. In the Zoom chat totally. window. Totally. He uh, he confirmed that when the Zoom thing, when the thing fell, thank you, Drew Down. When it all fell through with the Mets, they went back and tried to get Correa, and didn't get him. I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know. I think mean, Correa had a middle finger salute, maybe for them. I don't know. I, and I wonder if Scott Boris had the middle finger. And if well, Scott Boris has the middle finger, what does that do for future free I, agency? I don't think that at all. He's Conforto's agent. He did, like Boris did a deal with the yes, Giants, but he's Conforto's agent. Conforto was a guy who didn't play and had no real option. No, my point. This is, is different than him representing a top flight I, free agent. Do you know what I would do if I were a baseball player and I had hired an agent that went? So so, we're going to deal with all the teams, but not that one. I'd be like, you're fired. You're fired. Your job is to get me the biggest number and the best deal, not start Xing people off because you had a bad experience. We're not here for you. We're here for me. And you're going to talk to the Giants if they're going to give me a contract. So then and the, he did so that. Then maybe one the player day later, ma- middle fingered him. Made, I and don't what know. What does that do when Carlos Correa is hanging around the batting cage this year, and and teams come, other players come up to him and say, "Los, what's going on, dog? What happened with you and Los. the Giants?" Some Los. And every Carlos is Los. <laughs> And he says, oh, I'll tell you about the Giants. Yeah. I'll, Actually, tell you about, I'll tell you all you need to know about the Giants. Do you know what I gathered from Carlos's press conferences? <laughs> I think it's less about the Giants and the Mets and, and, the, and the doctor. The, apparently, the story is, is that the Mets reached out to the same doctor that the Giants used, and so therefore ended up with the exact same concerns. Because that doctor saw it that way. And Carlos did actually refer to it at one point as doctors. So I've got a bunch of doctors who have said no issue at all, and I've got doctors who say there is an issue. And the Mets and Giants talked to the same doc, so it came away with the same answer. But anyway, here's the one thing I'll say about it. It was also Farhan saying yesterday about Brandon Belt, like, yeah, we talked to him, but timing wasn't right. We want to get younger, more athletic. This is what is going to get people, and, and boy, they better be right. I'm with you on this. They better be right about this. They are firm that their left-handed hitting first baseman this year is none other than Lamont Wade Jr., and they are, quote, <laughs> they are, quote, excited about it, and it's one of those things. It's kind of like, like when I relocated back home here to the Bay four years ago. Oh, you better be right. I better be right that the career is going to go better when we make this move because I'm taking three kids and relocating. It's a relocation sensation. And and my oldest son, my oldest son even said that to me. He goes, "You can't. You, you got to be right." I got three kids and a bunch you, of problems. You got to be right, and uh, you know, yeah, you got to be right. Lamont Wade, you're gonna be like, the, okay, that's your first baseman this year. It's a big sigh right there. You better be right. Mm-hmm. You better be right, because if that guy comes out and hits two oh one. And and balls start going underneath his glove down the right field line. Oof. 
That's not good. 22 games at first last year. How'd that go? Three errors. That's it's not easy to make errors at first base. Too many. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. It, if you're making they, an error at first base, you're, either you're not catching a ground ball or you're dropping a ball that's being thrown to you with an oversized mitt. Right. That's, by the way, not in the dirt. Because if a throw comes in the dirt, Thank the error is on the infield. Exactly. Not on the first baseman. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. I mean, Lamont Wade Jr., be right. not known for elite defense anywhere, but as a first baseman... In particular, that's too many errors at first base. Okay, we're going to dive into the numbers next hour for all of the weekend games. That's number one. Willard and Dibbs, sponsored by CalHope.org. We'll continue. Brock or Flock, 888-957-9570. And oh, by the way, I got a question for you, speaking of the lines, about the Warriors spread tonight. And you can hear that game, as always, right here on 95.7 The Game. Tune into Warriors Live on 95.7 The Game, presented oh. by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi, unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. This is Willard and Dibs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.